Awesome. Hey, everybody. My name is Lewis May, president of Hammersport Marketing, and today is the first episode of season four of the Marketing 101 podcast. And so I'm here with uh, the CMO, Riley Seberg, and our marketing communication specialist, Brad Reed. So we're going to start off uh, the whole season four of our show by just uh, getting you, letting you know a little bit more about ourselves. Uh, we're going to let Pat ask some questions. And the reason is from here on out with our podcast, we're going to start having guests and having a little bit more specific discussions about marketing in general. We're going to pull questions from the audience. We're going to look at other resources to get questions. And we're going to rely on Pat to give us some outside point of view framework for some of these questions as well. We're going to do one to four episodes, not really sure, just the three of us. And then we're going to help start having guests from the community from across the country who are executives, thought leaders, authors, people of influence, and people who have something to share that's special about marketing in general. Because that's our goal here is to really continue to educate uh, about what's on the forefront of digital marketing and marketing in general. So here we are. What do you guys have to add to that? That sounds good. That's I think that was a cool intro. And I like I liked our band of white. Uh, I was just jamming out to that music because oh, frankly, I, I think that I was going to do something after that. that I, I wanted to throw that little thing in after that. Thing. That, that threw me for a little bit. That, I was totally unprepared for that and it's lucky that i'm not blushing very deeply at this it's point okay. we, <clears throat> we are live and because of that we get to have a little banter back and forth because we're basically in front of a studio audience which is you the listener and if you have any questions we would love to answer them on the air so basically what we're going to do is pat is going to ask us a bunch of questions if you have a question that you want pat to ask us or if you want to follow up on an answer that we give to Pat's question, send it, send it in the chat. Comment below. And you just put it in that normal chatty thing that you normally do, and then it appears in a box way over there for us. We'll see it over so here. We just read it, and then we get to respond to your questions. Yeah. So pretty cool. So Pat, take it away. And I don't mean this in an accusatory way, but um, why are you doing this? Not why are you doing. Why are you doing Hammer Sport? Why are, what is your kind of long-term, short-term purpose? Riley? I didn't realize I was going to go first. <laughs> Let me straighten my glasses because this thing is for a loop. Yeah. Can I give a confident answer with crooked glasses? I, yeah. yeah I more yeah. So, so it's real interesting because I've been asking this question myself a lot lately. And I don't know if I've fully formed an answer myself that I think is adequate. So here's what I'll give you. I'm going to be in business no matter what. I was raised to be a business person. I'm always going to be doing business. The question is, is what am I going to be doing? And because I joined the military when I was 17, I, be, I always wanted to be a cop, fireman, or something like that. So I have a certain mindset on life. And there's a certain way that I approach doing things. And... When I look at the business community and I think, okay, I, I, I have no experience here. I can basically do whatever I want. How do I get involved? What, what do I do where I can be most effective and, and do exactly what I want to do, which is help people, right? Just in general, help people. Marketing is probably the best vehicle for that, right? Because if you look at the most influential people in the world, a lot of them either run a marketing agency, have a marketing agency behind them or in front of them. There's some type of publishing around what they do. And so what I realized is there's a bunch of businesses that do well only because they have marketing, not because they have a good product. So the question is, what about all these businesses that have a good product but don't have any marketing? Like what, what, what about those people who like are – actually making money selling what they're selling, but nobody wants to do business with them because they actually care about their customer, right? Like they're, they're not in it for a super amount of profit. So they can't get those investors. Like they didn't build their business so that they could give it all away because they didn't build that way. They don't 
they don't get certain other things that most of the business world gets. So the question is, how do you help you take it upon yourself to learn the things that you got to do to be able to help them? I put myself under a self-directed apprenticeship that Robert Greene taught me how to do, and I figured out how to be a CMO, but not a CMO for a Fortune 1000 company, a CMO for a small business. And we as an agency are a small business. And so it just so happens that I could be dual effective in my role. I could be working as a CMO and learning the things that would be most effective for a small business. So the reason that we're, I'm doing this personally is because it's the way that I can help as many people as possible at my status in life right now. And it, it'll also give me a huge amount of credibility. It'll help me build the relationships that I need in my future. And I know that I'm coming into this with good intentions. So I'm only going to be doing business with people that have good intentions. And the only good things come from that. It doesn't sound like you took the path with the least amount of barriers though. Come on, man. I, I, I don't, I'm not, dude, I've like <laughs> the track team. Let's put it that way. I can't run hurdles. <laughs> I have a broken yeah. femur. So like, I'm not trying to take the path of least resistance. Like I, I, I know where that leads you. So that's not why we're here. Yeah. I mean, and you nailed a lot of what I was going to say too, because it's just really, it's just a culmination of all of my experiences in the last 20 years of what have I been doing and what have I been seeing and what are the, the struggles that we all go through ourselves and what are the struggles that other uh, people and companies are going through and I'm a pretty good salesperson. I've always had the, the, I've always driven my, uh, success by just taking action. I never said the best thing. I never said the smartest thing. I always thought of the coolest thing, the way to close the deal. I always came up with that five minutes after I walked out the place. Uh, and I'm okay with that because I made up for it by taking lots of action and just seeing a ton of appointments that I, I chuckled every time somebody ever said they closed 90% of their deals. <laughs> You're not know, like, well, what are you doing? One deal. I don't care. There's no, it doesn't matter what they were doing. That wasn't me, but I've always been one of the 20% that makes 80% of the shit happen. It was just a natural progression. When I analyzed, what do I really want to do? Like same thing as you, how can I help the most people? Because if I just go uh, be an employee somewhere, then all I'm doing is helping them. And there's all these other people in businesses. And I also have the same struggles going through all of this. I've been up against those companies that are providing or doing a nearly doing a disservice when they do their business because they don't have a great service or product and they haven't put the time into doing that and they don't have, and they might not have a good moral character that they're running on as well. And I saw them still just crush it. And I'm like, I don't think of that as being right or wrong. It just is what it is. And the only way I can do something about it is by like literally going up against that. And in the past four years, I started to get more on the path of finding my true purpose. And I started to make changes in, in my life and take bigger risks and put myself way out there, way farther. It took the first step was, as I've told many times, going and working for that commercial property investor. And it's a big step that I took in my life because it took a year to make that decision. You know, he came at me and said the word billions. And I'm like, oh, I want to go work for a guy who's using the B word. So it took a long time to make that decision. But when I did, that was like, that was the boulder was sitting at the top of the mountain. And that was just me giving it a push. But it wasn't the push of where I was going. It was the push of more action. So I still had to figure out where I was going. And I still had to say no a lot of times after that to get to where I finally knew that this is what we're supposed to do. And this is what I'm supposed to do. I can't decide for Riley. We're, we're on this path together because he chooses so and because I choose so. So it's because marketing is hard. And as a business, uh, marketing has become a whole business in of itself. So how are business owners supposed to be, uh, do their business and do another business and be 
great at it because we're not trying to help people like just get by. We want to help the world thrive and we want the people that we help them thrive. We want them to help other people thrive too. So it became, it, it's got to the point where we needed to go really deep into the whys of marketing and not just how to do one thing and sell it. There's nothing wrong with that and, and be really good at it. We needed to go really deep so that we couldn't make, didn't make any mistakes on the advice we're giving and stuff like that. So uh, that's why I'm doing this is because it, it, it's how we, it's how I've decided that I'm going to help as many people as possible for the next two decades of my life. Probably all of my mature productivity as I continue on my rise of productivity, I'll likely do this until I start my decline of productivity, which I think I've got a good 40 more years. So it's just because it gives me meaning. Yeah. I, it, it seems like a, a lot of what you're saying too is, or what you're both saying is like, a, it also like, you're not helping, you're not only helping people make money, but it's expressing themselves too, which is like giving them like a sense of purpose too. If you when have they good. Right. They become fulfilled. Yeah. If yeah. You just chase money. You can't get fulfillment. It's also, it's our duty in this to lead in a way that doesn't necessarily give you the easiest path to loading up your bank account, but it, it gives you the path to ha being a happy and living a fulfilled life which means that you got to have a lot of non-happy times to get there. So it, it's an education on everything, everything we're being and doing as humans to, to, to contribute in the world and not only just a monetary way. What, how do you see the podcast helping this, your overall vision for this? Well, so we have numerous different podcasts going on, but this, the, the marketing 101 podcast is to create a dialogue. It's going to help us because it just obviously gets our word out and lets people see who we are, see that we're like, see that who we are. You, I, I'm not going to tell you that I'm authentic. You decide that I don't, I'm just going to do what I do and I'm going to make mistakes. Uh, I'm going to try to be humble and I'm going to try to take a lot of action. And then if you decide that's what you like, then great, come along for the ride. So in doing that, we just really want, we, we don't think that uh, businesses in the, there's not enough businesses in marketing in general that are doing enough to just educate about how this works, why we're doing, why it works, and when you should do it. So we just want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Like the world's going to get a better, become a better place if people understand this, not if they just do it. Sure. The reason I started, the reason we started the podcast was to get awareness for our brand. Like it, it was that in a nutshell. But as we got into it, as we thought about it, as we realized that, hey, we're not really publishing this, like it's, we're, we weren't passionate about it. We were passionate about building our business. We weren't passionate about the Marketing 101 podcast. When we got passionate about using the Marketing 101 podcast as a result of our business operations, then we started creating the content. The content started getting produced, right? So it eventually evolved into, now it's just a way to educate the market. It's a way to give back. It's a way to let people know that we have a certain set of values that we do really care about what we're doing. We're not just trying to get you to listen to us so that you can do business with us. Like we're really, we're committed to service. If at least for only 10, 20% of the time, if we're making a profit for 80% of the time, but 20% of the time we're still stopping and giving back, then we're going to do it. Like we're going to be okay with that. And probably the stuff that we learn from doing business, from making money is going to be helpful to other By people. doing the education, it, keep, it holds us to a higher standard of what we also do with that 80% that we do money, do to make money. Like it is a literal part of our business model that our services get brought to market in three different ways. Full service, by education, 
and just be educated by following us on social media. That holds us, that hold, I don't know about you guys, that holds me to a higher standard about what's gonna come out of my mouth when I am charging for something. Yeah, especially because the stuff we're saying for free, you can already find for free. We're giving you a central place to find it. That's all we're doing with this podcast. You already probably know this stuff, but wouldn't it be nice to have a refresher? So that that's what this podcast is, and this is our, our example of one of living one of our values, which is altruism and just giving. So we know that this is going to bring things back. We don't know when. We don't know what it's going to bring, but we know it will. That's why we, as a marketing agency, have this set up to bring things back. This is why we use links. This is why we use the podcast. This is why we publish on YouTube. This is why we go live on 11 different places at once right because we know that eventually this will trickle back to riley seberg pat green and lewis Mack, and, right? and and we're also doing as we say you should do also when you start having guests on here to interview people that have been involved in business and marketing how do you see that like lewis talked about the dial creating a dialogue but i also could see some possibilities of you even learning from your guests too, or an exchange, a bit of an exchange. Yeah, absolutely. I want to bring guests on here that I want to know so, so that I can be like, hey, I want to know more. Please share. Yeah. The, the whole point of the podcast is for us to get connected with people that are normally outside of our reach that we can have a conversation with. And if we can't, do business with them in the future and maybe we can learn something from them become better serve our clients better and then turn around and teach that thing to you and i also think that while we do want to have thought leaders and other podcast hosts people who know how to communicate like this uh there's a whole world of of business executives and, and directors of marketing uh that aren't doing this sort of thing yeah. and they have a world of knowledge that can be shared as well, but they're not sharing it. So I want to be a tool to helping other people's voice be heard. Yeah, if we make it easy for you to come on and talk about what you know or what you learned when you first started doing what you do, it, it's going to be useful to you. There's stories out there that are going to educate us on the new. And plus, also, that's going to show there's not two ways to skin a skin a cat. I don't really like that phrase. There's not two ways to get the thing done. There's 200 ways and every person's story is so unique that there's a little bit of of a hundred like universally unique knowledge. Like there's 7 billion people on this earth and that just means there's 7 billion different ways it got done. And it's also interesting how I don't know one of you guys mentioned this but how a lot of people that have been successful have been motivated by previous failures too. Like that kind of thing is always interesting too. what they did with the situation that looked like it. A lot of people might've taken it like, I'm not doing this anymore, you know, or I'm getting out of this or I'm like, those stories are always really interesting too. Do you want to talk about failure? <laughs> like it's, we have, it's, it's what we have most to talk about. <laughs> We were literally having a conversation before we started this podcast about what could be perceived as a failure. Yeah, I always, I always try to look at it like there's no such thing as failure. If I if I actually look at it like that and learn from it and go, well, that wasn't a failure because it well, let me do this or something. Yeah, you know? every, to me, every failure is an opportunity. Yeah, right? exactly. Because yeah. on the flip side of failure is the opportunity to redeem yourself and then to make. Oh man, the feeling inside when you go from one side of that to the other, like when, like we all experienced, like Riley, well, you weren't part, like Riley and I experienced together a, a week and a half, two weeks ago, and being able to reframe that in your, be able to, able to reframe something really serious in your mind from yeah. failure to opportunity, man, that is, I get chills thinking about that happening so much so that I'm like, what's the big, what are we going to do that's really fucking wrong next? Here's, here's if, in a nutshell, if you were to say, hey, what does Hammersport Marketing do? 
what what does hammer sport marketing as a company do we take failures and turn them into opportunities that is always i'm gonna write that down yeah i've been i mean i know this is it a makes little... me want to keep the name hammer sport marketing this is a, a side like a little tangent but i've been watching the chef's table on netflix and every one of those like the top chefs in the world they've all had some situation where it looked like they should just get out of this business and then they end up um rethinking what they were doing almost you know and becoming better than ever hold on because this is getting a, I think it's really important and it might even be more important than us and then this podcast episode because i've been thinking about this a lot in my personal life and i think we're like the way I typically see it is the stuff I'm thinking isn't the stuff that I'm thinking by myself. Like usually other people are thinking it too. Um, so we've all been assessing our personal life, especially for these last three months. It's been getting really crazy these last two weeks and everybody's been going through something. The question that a lot of people are asking themselves is why am I doing this? So this, uh, this podcast episode is, very really particular and it's, it's extremely timely right so why are you doing this why do you get up every day like most people don't take the time and really give themselves the freedom in life to figure out to even ask themselves that question right somebody just stopped watching when i said this perfect this is a complete honest representation of real life right most people do not stop and ask themselves why and when somebody asks them why, it hurts them. They don't like it. It's painful. Right? It's painful because they never anticipated that somebody would ask them this. Going back to the two-year-old, why? What happened to me on the sales call today? Somebody asked me, why should I believe you? And I, I was, uh, you know, and I lost my shit. But it's because I didn't anticipate it. Because I didn't think, hold on, why should I didn't ask myself that, even though I say you should, because nobody really wants to take the time and dig deep. And what if it's worth, if what we're saying is true, then it's worth us answering that. Like we should be insulted if they don't ask us why they should believe us. It's the sure. only thing that matters. Yeah, and you should. And I'll tell you the reason why, because we're trying. We're yeah. trying to do the right thing. If you look at, so the thing is, is our brand is powerful to us because we made it. It doesn't mean it's powerful, just that it doesn't mean that it holds that same power to everybody else. But I think it's become powerful to our team. It, yeah, it's the same power to our team because our team helped make it. But yeah. they might, to anybody else, they might see a part of our brand and it might give them some value because they hold a certain value and they resonate with a certain part of our brand, but it doesn't mean they understand our brand. So we can't assume that when we go into a conversation that somebody is going to understand our background and why we do what we do. And you can't assume that you understand somebody else's background and why they do what they do, because even what they're telling you isn't true. Hey, Jim, don't worry about it. Just want to acknowledge you. Thanks for listening. Come on in later. We'll, we'll, you know, you'll be able to see this later on. Yeah. There you go, Jim. <laughs> you never, did you get to listen to my call with, with Jim Riley? No, I told no, him. I'll share that. It was a great talk. Super yeah. interesting guy, man. No, okay. yeah, I told him I would, so. I do need to listen to it. All right. So sometimes I think maybe uh, you're saying too, like we were uh, Riley and I were talking before the show about how sometimes we all anticipate a situation too much. So that's why, like you were like talking about being put on the spot or, or having somebody anticipate something about your the situation with you two too like the, the conversation well, I mean, the, the rule in sports is when you anticipate you get knocked out <laughs> like you can't anticipate you're supposed to react right and then reaction is bad what's the other term is just probably should take it all in and consider that's probably the best answer but yeah anticipation is dangerous because you're only then 
you're limiting your mind to what your own creativity at that moment in time can accept uh, could be possible. And I learned that playing chess. Riley and I still haven't paid, played chess yet, which which I'm very looking forward to. We should we should dude. We should get on chess dot like chess app right now and and start playing. That. I think we want this to not be. You don't know how I play chess yet, bro. You so <laughs> I am not one to move fast. But what I learned in chess is I apply to life in that I've sat into. I've been in control of a lot of chess matches and I've been not in control of a lot. So when I'm in control, I've been in situations where I'm like, this dude's done. Like he's got one move and it's not even that crazy. It's not a hard move. There's not an unlimited amount of choices. I, it, there's a definite focus of my attacks here. I'm going in this direction. And if you don't deal with where I'm coming, then you're just off in law land and you don't have a shot. So. They never did it anyways, though. Like they never do. And I'm not sitting across from a grandmaster where they just, you know, we everybody knows everybody's move for the first 20 moves. But that's what I learned is if I anticipate, I'm basically not, I'm not creative enough. I'm not smart enough. How about when they pull a move out that you didn't see? Yeah. When you anticipate, you set yourself up for failure. It's just like telling people what they should do. Yeah. Like when you tell me what I should do, my initial reaction is to just fail right now for you so that I disappoint you instantly so that we can get over that disappointment and move on into something that's going to be productive for both of us. Because if you're sitting over there going, thinking about what I should do, then we're not getting to the real uh, action that needs to be taken for us to move this situation forward and have and progress our lives or the project or whatever. Yeah, it's a, no, that was a little I, deep, huh? What's that was a little deep for a talk about hammer sport marketing, but no, but it does, it does seem like, uh, over like people over anticipating when I mean, you want to anticipate certain things, like if a hurricane's coming, you want yeah. to go, maybe I'll do some planning or, you know, do some, but if you're sitting there anticipating, like, I think a lot of people do this is, they anticipate social or business situations or something, a scenario that's not going to be, it's not realistic at all what's going to happen because you're dealing with people. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I do that all the time. Well, I'm sure everybody does it. Oh, really. yeah, yeah. We want to make sense of the world. So we have to construct things in our mind so that we feel in control. Yeah, yeah. Because it just lets you have a lower heart rate, if nothing else. So what do you guys think about, because we were talking about off camera, but about digital marketing being like complicated for a lot of, like complex for a lot of people to understand. What about something like that when they want to, when you want to explain something like that? And they also have those anticipations. Life is hard for people to understand. Yeah. Like I'm saying like the, um, the, how it functions sort of. This is like, you got everything is broken down to the fundamentals. And like if you don't if you don't have a grasp on the fundamentals of tying your shoe, you're gonna trip. Yeah. There's a certain way that you do things. There's a, so Lewis and I have this conversation all the time because people tell us that we're doing things wrong. And if you're motivated by certain things in life, then you, you're gonna be doing like you're gonna be seeing the things that we're doing from an alternative perspective, and you are gonna disagree with it. But with business there's a certain way of doing marketing and you can say no you do marketing like this no you buy ads like this and it, you can, yes if you're most interested in this kpi then yes you would do this specific thing doing things in the interest of the business for the long term the majority of your quote-unquote spend is going to be on the brand right yeah. That's where it's going to be focused. Okay. It's not in customer acquisition. Facebook ads got people fooled. Oh, everybody started to think that you can build a business off of customer acquisition. Facebook ads are the new website. If you're building a business to sell it to somebody who doesn't understand business, yeah, you can get by on customer acquisition. But if you don't have a brand, which is the, the key KPI that you look at to figure out if you have a brand is lifetime value. If a customer comes back, then you have a business, 
right? Like you don't make business, you don't make money on the front end. Everybody knows this, especially if you're paying to get the customer, right? So what a big issue of what happened in the quote unquote make money online or the Facebook ads industry as a whole is everybody started to think that you do business on the first sale on the margin. And that's where the profit is made. And so, no, man, like if you're going to do that, you're going to burn yourself into a hole. And how many people have done that? A lot. Like a lot. What he means there, Pat, is it's just not as simple as just meeting someone and selling something, some, something to them. I, I was just like, how, like, if somebody comes to you and doesn't have a clear understanding, do you try to educate them on that or like, like an educate or on a digital marketing? Like they don't really, they, they, they could be really close to, to understanding, but they're like, what they don't understand is setting everything back a little. So much depends on every single unique situation uh, because the business and everybody's business, like even if both companies are selling shoes, they still do everything different and their path to getting there was different. This is, this is why we stick to our fundamentals. The customers for us change. Approach never does. And this is something that Lewis and I talk about all the time. Is the it took a couple of years to figure this out, too. Because we kept changing. The approach doesn't change. Just because Look, if like, Facebook marketing was just an end-all solution, then all you'd have to do is press the exact same keys on your keyboard over and over, and you'd take a new business, and you'd slide the keyboard underneath them for them, and yeah, you somebody would just sit there and go like this. On, on, on an assembly line. And it's not that way. Even if they're the same exact business where they both sell Nike shoes, there's some kind of variable in there that makes the application of any single marketing tactic need to at least be tweaked in the right way. So I think the question that Riley asked and I asked more often than can we make money on this person doing that is why won't, why might this not work? That's the question. And that, that doesn't make you a lot of money for a long time. Yeah. You're actually focused on solving the issue. Yeah. So when you say why might it not work, you're, you are trying to solve the issue is what you're saying. So you're yeah. But we want to make sure that we're not like, this is, we're taking, we're, we're going to put, we want to put it all on us so that there's way less risk for other people. That just takes a lot, that takes longer because we're not willing to just take their money because they said they need them, they want this. So there's, everybody has their first level problem. They, this is what they think is the problem. And they might be right, they might be wrong. And we know how to solve that first level problem, but there's always the deeper underlying issue of what's going on here. If, if some who's a, if Ogilvy was sitting there and had been watching them do the last five years of their business, what would he say is the real issue here? And that's what we needed to get to that point before we wanted to go full out, before I started being This is most people know more about, excuse me, every single person that we do business with knows more about their business than we do. And so for us to come in and act like we know more about what's going on than the business owner is absolutely ludicrous. But that doesn't mean that we can't look at what the business owner is already doing and ask them why they didn't keep doing the thing that they figured out worked. Yeah. And this is baby stuff, it's, you know, but if you don't know to ask, we're, we're sitting here dancing around telling you that we know the answer because we figured it out. And it's not like we didn't make up the answer. We just finally started to believe it. You know, the answer is out there. Everybody's heard it before. Uh, they're just, well, just since this is the marketing one on one podcast. Why don't you just educate them? Say again. Since this is the marketing one on one podcast, why don't you just educate them? Give them the answer. It's brand development. We're 100% confident. What does that actually mean? It's brand development. Because for the sales guys in the back who are cold calling, they can't hear you. 
Yeah, yeah. You can't do brand development while you're on the phone making sales. Brand development is working on your business, not in your business. Branding is working in your business. So a salesperson can do branding while they're on the telephone trying to make a sale, but they can't do brand development. Now, that's there is a caveat to that as you're doing the act of branding, you are going to get new information about what people how people react to what you're saying that will help you develop your brand as well. Brand development is just figuring out how to talk about your business other than the product or service and its features and benefits. So it's simply one word, purpose above and beyond benefit and feature. But there's a bunch of different ways to communicate purpose. And you have to analyze all the different, like we've put it together. Nobody's like the day somebody finishes our whole thing of questions, that person's, they're going to really rock it out because we haven't finished all our own questions. We haven't answered all our own questions, but I do know that because we worked hard to answer a lot of those questions and build our brand, we've come up with, uh, we've come up with new phrases and lines of communication to relate to people. So it's all about that. It's all about putting something, putting in a human element on something that everybody knows isn't human. I see somebody has a question, but I don't know what the question is. It says I have a question. Somebody, you, if you want to ask the question, go ahead and put it on there. You know, yeah, feel free to um, post your question. Yeah, he, he will. It's a, there's a little lag time on this whole thing too, so that's all right. So yeah, that's why we brought it up. I can. I'm a hundred percent confident that whether I charge somebody a dollar or a hundred thousand dollars, I'm never ever going to do you harm by helping you build your brand. It might take longer for you to make money. You might not pay your mortgage because of it. So I'm not. I'm not saying that this couldn't. There's still balance needs to be balanced on you doing the things you need to do to survive and make it through these, this, but I'm never, ever, you're never going to hurt yourself by learning how to develop, learning how to build your brand and, or doing brand development. That's what we focused on for once we realized that we're like, how oh, we've been doing this all our lives. We just didn't know we were doing it and we didn't focus it on this. So Pat, go ahead and looks like Q came up with our a question. I, I love that. This is awesome. Why don't you read that out for us? So Q asks, as all industries are moving towards inclusiveness and diversity, what is your company doing to allow Black Lives Movement to pro proliferate in your content without taking away from your brand? This is actually a really good question. Yeah, yeah. Q. I, I can answer that with one word. Yeah, go ahead acknowledgement yeah yeah acceptance yeah encouragement yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so actually let's use this as an opportunity to support the black lives matter movement yeah. and all of those people that are in the streets protesting for brianna taylor letting the police know that they are not going to accept people kicking down their doors and shooting their citizens yeah that one guy who did that he was just doing his job. That's why we all know that he was doing his job. He got the problem is his job was wrong. Like you, this is America. That's my door. Yep. And whether I'm white or black shouldn't matter of whether that door is going to get kicked down. The veteran, my yep. dad is a combat veteran in Vietnam. He wasn't in the corner. He was in the bush for 10 months straight. If you think that Black Lives Matter is the issue in America, and, and you're telling that to somebody who went to Afghanistan to serve their country, like you're talking to the wrong person, right? If you're telling that to somebody whose dad went to Vietnam, you're telling that to the wrong person. If you're telling that to somebody who was military intelligence in the army, you're talking to the wrong person. Like we- no, there, There's still room for- political opinion within that. 
course there is. There's still room to be on one side or the other side. Yeah. You know, that's why you what you hear, you talk to somebody who actually fought for their country. You're never going to like what you have to hear yeah. because we actually did the thing that you talk about doing. And so there's a reason the military votes 50-50, just like the populace. And I don't, I'm not going to get into politics because I don't really like the two-party system either. I think there should be a lot more options and we should have a better system. But hey, we got to think there should be a better system before we get one. But the police department votes 80-20. And they ain't voting 80-20 liberal. So why is that? We don't talk about the real issue in the United States or the real divide. Everybody talks about the left and the right divide. Nobody talks about the authoritarian versus the libertarian divide in the United States. Yeah. yeah. Nobody talks about how the federal government is an authoritarian institution and how the Democrats and the Republicans support it. Yeah. Yeah. They both support that authoritarianism. So, yeah, Q absolutely can ask a follow up. Yeah. Q, please. Yeah, please do. Once again, there's a little lag time. It'll take 10 seconds, 20 seconds for that to come through. So, and, and we are, I love getting a little off topic because this is an important topic. And if we're going to be afraid to discuss it for the detriment of our business, then, then we don't deserve to be in business. We have to let the people know that we support what they're doing. We support what Q is doing by having the discussion in a public place because there are people that are going to listen to what we're saying that have no idea what the hell we're talking about, but they're going to hear what we're saying and they're going to resonate with it. Whether or not they support the Black Lives Matter movement, they're going to resonate with the freedom and the value that America stands on. So go ahead, Pat, read that uh, follow-up question. Q's follow-up question is, uh, my point is that if your company support a a BLM movement and inevitably any movement can get extreme and lose public support. How can you protect your brand by support? I think it's supporting a movement uh, that can change. So you support the values that the movement stands for, right? We support the Black Lives Matter movement because we support the values that the movement stands for. We don't support people taking part in violence during that movement. Yeah, we, so personally, I can say for me, when I got back from Afghanistan, I pledged a lot of nonviolence. So I don't support anybody doing violence, let alone myself. I don't even own a gun. And I could. I don't support violence. I don't condone it. It doesn't mean I can't defend myself. I, I think we've gotten to a point in this country where we start to judge things by a, a percentage, a, a small percentage of their failure. Like, I'm, I'm in support of social security it doesn't mean i support social security fraud there's another side of this conversation or of this question that i want to address she talked about said how can you protect your brand by supporting a movement that change we're not trying to protect our brand right so this is the thing that this is this is where you have to look at the ideology of a of a business person and try to understand the perspective that they have if you don't understand it, you're going to think that what they're doing isn't necessarily right, right? And so this actually can be translated back to the BLM movement. If you don't understand the ideology, you're not going to think that their perspective is correct. So where we are approaching this is we're not trying to protect our brand, right? Like we have, we don't need, we don't need to protect anything. Lewis doesn't need to protect anything. I don't need to protect anything. Like we, we go on the offense. So if you look at what this is the, brand going on the offense and creating a brand if you go on the offense and create a brand you don't need to have a defensive strategy yeah right? when you look at our social media it there is never that you will never like we we curate it and it goes through a, a system of checks and balances to make sure that it's on brand and you can say something in the wrong manner and it's even though what you're the, the root of what you're saying is correct on to brand, how you said it is off brand. And when you look at our brand and the social media con- con- content that we put out and have consistently put out for three months now, once we really nailed this down, you'll see the consistency. 
And that consistency is what protects our brand. It's also like, I, I look at what Black Lives Matter is actually having the brand challenge where they're, where they like, there's the people that are really think they're a threat and there's people that really support, are very supportive. And a lot of times the people who think they're a threat don't really understand the reason for their existence. Like a re the reason for like the momentum and the existence. And, and, and also they've gotten press from like people that they've gotten a favorable kind of uh, press too. But they've also got some Riley. Sorry. Sorry. That's all right. Pat, I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> Go ahead. So I, I was trying to say, this is where it goes back to values, right? Because you don't have a conversation with somebody unless you understand at some point in the conversation what their values are. Because if you realize in a conversation that somebody who you're having a conversation with doesn't necessarily hold the same thing true that you do, you're going to realize that you can't have a positive conversation with that person, right? Because everything that you say is going to be a disagreement because you don't need to hold the same things true as true. So Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins had this issue when they did a podcast and they did a terrible podcast. They couldn't even, I, they couldn't even come to the common definition of what a truth is. And so this reveals the real problem in our human culture is that everybody has their own personal truth, but they don't understand what the collective truth is. And so the collective truth is unchangeable, right? Your personal truth is the thing that keeps changing, right? So you have to give yourself the freedom to change your mind, just like you have to give the other person the freedom to change their mind. But the first thing you have to do is care a little bit about the other person, right? So you have to be a little bit empathetic in order to properly communicate with people because otherwise they're never going to care about what you're saying. And that's how you get to violence. You completely dehumanize somebody. You forget that you're talking to a person. You forget that the person on the other side of the thing is just like you and that they hold the, the same feelings that you hold in your body right now they hold them just like you are holding them against them. They hold them against you. And so the question you have to ask yourself is, why do I feel this way? Why am I holding this thing against them? Why do I think this is so bad, right? Because they probably feel the same thing against you. So you have to be able to ask them why they feel that way because they're going to ask you why you feel that way. And if you can't get to that point in yourself, you're never, ever going to care what somebody else has to say about their own thing. Um, Q has another follow-up. Yeah, I, I can't wait to answer it. Q asks, with such a polarizing movement, at what point do you take a financial business decision to protect half of your demographic from perceiving your brand as ill-informed? Me first? Or, uh, can I go? Can I answer this one? Can I answer it? This person is We've already told that, answered this. Yeah, we approach Everything them. we do has started from a different, deeper purpose than making money. And so because of that, the other, the caveat to that is good marketing has to market segment somehow. So that's going to be the, the, unfortunately, but fortunately, you're going to be driving people away to attract others. And that's just marketing. If we can do half of with half business with every single person, if we can do one penny of business, with every single person that believes in BML, BLM, uh, we're gonna do really well. So we actually segment, segment our market much further than that. But once again, we and to go back to protecting the brand, the way we protect our brand is we don't condone violence. It just happens that we don't agree that the violence is perpetrated by uh, peaceful protesters. And, and in fact, it, I'm 100% sure that the violence is not perpetrated by peaceful protesters because you can't be one and be the other. Hey, man, if you really want to get down to this, I, like, I'm on the side that the protesters are coordinating with the guys on the other side of the line to keep the violence going. Like, that, that's, I know that on the front lines, 
they're having conversations back and forth. I know what they're doing. I, I like I've been on the front lines. I know how this shit goes. If you really want to talk about what's going on, this is a battle for public perception. You don't realize that both sides has the best cameras and they're sending their video crews to get and you. If all you're doing is watching what comes on the television. You don't have a clue what's going on. And you're trying to figure out what the issue in America is. Go talk to your neighbor. Talk to the person that you sit next to on the bus every day that you act doesn't exist. And we're not talking to you, Q, like in general to the world. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I, I've been there. So the thing is, you can't act like you're interested when you're not the one. When, when I know for a fact you're not talking to the – you're not saying hi to the person on yeah, the street. Yeah, you got to get out there and talk to people. I know the, the I know some of the nicest people in the world, uh, uh, black people, and they're – more productive members of society than I am, which, you know. Where do you think I'm more nonviolence? And, and they're scared to walk the streets in nice neighborhoods. Why? Yeah, it's a, it's a... That's real. Like, they've been stopped by cops. Like, cops don't ask me, hey, what are you doing here? They used like, to ask me that, and that's because they could tell I was poor. But that's a different conversation. Yeah, yeah. No, they... People, we've experimented with, uh, I've seen how people treat people, people treat people differently depending on the car they're driving in. Mary, uh, I know someone who had a, a, a crappier looking car and that person got, they got honked at all the time. They got in a nicer car, they still gonna, drive the same way. In, in America or, or in the world, which is class warfare, come on guys, let's stop trying to act like BLM is the problem. Let's stop trying to act like these people who who are talking on TV actually care about what's actually going on in the street. Yeah, I talked to a news reporter from a major network two days ago here in Orlando, and he was like, look, they tell us that their goal is journalism, but I work there, and they can't even convince me that their goal is journalism. I know they're in it for the money. Of course it's the money. It was always money, stupid. Why do you think CNN was started? It was started by a business mogul. It wasn't started by a journalist. He didn't go to journalism school. So it was Fox. So was every cable news channel. So you know what? The fact of the matter is, is because we just want to help the world, we can't be afraid to just stand up for the things we think are right because it might let make us less money. Yeah, no. That's our brand right there. Questions about what's going on in the public. And you and you want to like try and figure out how our business is going to respond to a certain public perception. Try and think of what's the worst business answer that a, that a business could give me for public perception. That's probably what you're going to hear from us because we're going to tell you what you don't want to hear because we actually work with those people, right? Those people who you think are terrible people, we do business with those people. We hire those people. We are those people. We're the D, what's the, yeah. So well, also, if one of your most important core values is empathy, I would think that would cover a lot of the ground too. Just like you're going to. Yeah. Um, like, and we wrote our core values down because we're not perfect. That's why we have to write them down. Because frankly, I got to be reminded to do this shit. It comes from here easy, but I got this thing on top here that steers me around too. And this thing doesn't work on this alone. Yeah. So I need to use this. I need to put it on paper so that this thing sees what this thing wrote down. And that's how we stay on course. That's how, that's our filter. That's how, what makes sure is, is what we're going to do. Okay. Can we proceed with this tactic? Thanks for participating Q. Uh, we really appreciate you. Yeah, really. Uh, it, was, it was great getting oh, questions out there. From the audience too, yeah, really, I, I really enjoyed that. That's well, what you were talking about. We're kind of pushing the envelope for a long. Go ahead. You used to do a radio show, right? Like, right, Pat? What people call? Yeah, I had a show for twenty years. We didn't call in because there was a rule because you bring them on the air, and you didn't know what the hell they were going to say. Their trust first. So I, I would let people call in after I talked to them a little, screened them a little, so. Okay. Because there were people that just would call in to cause that problem you know? so this is a live call-in show and just anybody can join and show up we'll put yeah. you on camera yeah 
just please yeah, ready to go on to close on. This is exactly what Lewis said about creating a dialogue, not only with guests, but also with people that are just in the audience uh, watching this too. So yeah. Yeah, I think the more interactive we make this, the more our perceptions will be challenged, right? Because we're going to come up against somebody who doesn't necessarily believe in what we believe in and somebody who doesn't have the same life experiences we have. So we're going to come up against reality and us coming up against reality can hopefully help reality see that it's not necessarily true. Yep. And it's going to cost us some money. You know, so the answer to the last question is we take what we take what the world gives us, we take what the situation gives us, and we run it through our values, and we use that to, ter to determine how we proceed. It's also, I think, with your core values, the the idea of you really being put on the spot by a question is not really a, an issue, you know, because you're not there's no duplicity or anything. There's a, you're just answering well, the question. Here's the thing, like. We know if you, Pat, we love you. We think you ask great questions, but we haven't been able to talk about the Black Lives Matter movement or find a way to fit it into our content in, in an appropriate way if we weren't just doing it just now and somebody asked us about it. It was great. Yeah. So, so, Q, I totally appreciate what you're doing. <laughs> another question. Hold on. Well, I mean, yeah, go ahead and ask that one. That's a good question, too. What's your view on Elon Musk spending no money on? marketing for tesla so i'm the cmo of this company so i want to answer this yeah yeah i got an answer too i get to answer afterwards i'm not right, sure right. he is spending money on marketing you just it's he's not marketing the way you think he's marketing right so if you think about the way a business organizes itself there's a certain section of units that a business has and you can divide those up into money or time and some companies have people too. Tesla has people too. So you have time, money, and people, right? That's basically all they have. And then you can use those things to get assets and then do things, right? What they have done is they've used the brand that he's built, his Twitter account that has 20 million followers. Like he's a ridiculously popular dude. He doesn't need to market. He's using- He doesn't his need to spend on marketing. He is marketing. He is marketing. His one of the things when if you get into marketing, one of the things I like, one of the ways you can market is through influencers. So, uh, Shaq is an influencer. Michael Jordan is an influencer. The the Jordan sneaker was started as an influencer thing, like an influencer spinoff, and then it eventually turned into his brand. Influencers are a common way that businesses do business. So, if you look at Tesla, Tesla might not even be Elon Musk's idea. He is just. He, it could be, right? This could be 100% his own business, but he's definitely the front man for the business because he's so successful, because he's already made pay money with PayPal. Like he doesn't- What would happen? Here's the question to ask, the follow-up to question to that would, what would be the value of Tesla and SpaceX if Elon Musk retired? Right. What if somebody, what if Jeff Bezos started Tesla and SpaceX? What if somebody else did it? Would it be as valuable? But the and stock is what it is. We know what would happen to the, the stock would tank. It'd be the biggest stock. Look at Ford stock price. Ford is doing the same thing as Tesla, right? They, they, they have electric. Look at their stock price. But they you didn't know? build a brand like Elon did. So or didn't care his about their strategy allows him to sit in a room with his marketing department and say, let's go break the window. Let's go tell everybody this window is unbreakable. Rocket the balls to break it right in front of yeah. them. Let's put a Tesla to Mars. Let's send a Tesla to Mars. Like, yeah. you know, the marketing team. That's, that's some expenditure right there, dude. <laughs> yeah. that yeah. It's so, almost like the star who has the paparazzi doing the work for him. Yeah, he, oh, he's yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, we agree 100% in it because you're supposed to do it in a way that achieves your goal the best. Here's another good question. Here, here's okay. a good question. How do you reconcile the ethics of information privacy and online targeted marketing or advertising, excuse me, targeted advertising? So this goes back to ship. Uh, this goes back to data ownership and data privacy. And 
some if you're in our industry, you're not going to like GDPR. But GDPR, for the most part, is it's uh, the EU's regulation for data that came into effect, I think, in 2018. And basically, it's a more stringent effect, and it's all permission-based. So if you understand who Seth Godin is as a marketer, the idea of permission marketing should already be familiar with you to you that's gdpr is nothing more than permission marketing you have to have already have permission to have this person's data and and then you actually have to do things to protect it like you have to do what you say you're going to do right well i mean the answer to how do we reconcile it that's why we're in business because we have a set of values that we won't go against and so while we have the power to do great harm we won't because of our ethics that we set out in front of it and hold each other. There's more of us. There's seven other people in this company and they all know we're not hiding the values from everybody and then jumping out and saying, ha, you did it wrong. They'd be like, what did we do wrong? No, we all know these values. So we're holding each other to the standard. And as we grow the company, everyone's going to know the values. And they're all, it's going to get harder and harder to not uphold them. And so our goal, this is why we're doing this, is to fight against all the people that are not ethically uh, treating people's privacy and targeted advertising. So it, it comes down to, we're getting right into our mission statement, which is we want to give consumers the education to make decisions that are in their best interest so that society as a whole can thrive. And that means that marketing to us is about finding and communicating, finding the people that need your product to make their lives better, not convincing people they need your life, their pro your product to make their lives better. So. Uh, your what's been happening is what we don't want to happen. And it's in every book you ever read about branding and marketing and advertising. It's in there that copywriting, like you start reading all the good copywriting books. And the first thing they say is, I am giving you the key to destroy the universe. Yeah, I mean, this is what every single superhero comic book was based on. With great power comes great responsibility. This is yeah. why... You're talking to two army veterans and somebody who absolutely believes in the idea of service and sacrifice, right? Like you're talking to people who 100% understand the power of the media, power of marketing and advertising, and even above that, the power of data. So when you understand the power of these things, you actually understand that you don't necessarily need the PII to have the identifiable information come from that data, right? You don't need to see somebody's uh, credit card number to do a transaction, right? Like you don't actually necessarily need to do that, right? So you don't need to store somebody's credit card number in your database, yeah. right? That's, there's a, a, that's a trick, it's a dirty trick to make sure that you get to make more money. What I'm saying is there's a certain way for you to keep somebody's payment yeah. Yeah. on hand so you can do a transaction securely, right? So, so like we all, like anybody who's in this world understands Shop 56 and understands how to hash data. It's just whether or not you care enough about the customer to do it. Yep, yep. And then it gets down to, look, we told you why we started doing this, but it's not why we do it every day. The reason I do this every day is because I've seen how awesome it is to give a person a safe space to uh, a thrive in like people can't thrive until we give them that safe space so we start by doing it here in our company uh, so that we can share that with the rest of the world so this is all about doing exactly what you asked there which is giving people outside of our organization a safe space to thrive in because you can't thrive until you feel safe that's why america is such a great country is because we have the rule of law and without it we have not like that's then it, it goes away so it's not live it's not left thinking or right thinking that takes that away it's shoot i lost what i was going with there it, it's it's that 
it's the rule of law that allows that to happen. So kind of got off, off track there, but that'll happen. So I, I'm gonna have, I think, I think we got a, what was that Lewis? And this I was think like, we should wrap this up. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really awesome conversation. I really, uh, really appreciate Q's questions because Q definitely added. Shit, man, I'm late for an appointment. Q added a lot. <laughs> I got to get going, guys. This was great. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And thank you, uh, Lewis and Riley and Hugh and, and Jim or whoever else was, well, they were sending us messages, too. So. Yeah. Hi, this is Lewis, co-host along with Pat Green and Riley Seberg. Thank you for listening to our show. We hope it brought you some value. Our goal is to provide usable information about digital marketing that you can use to grow your business. If you enjoyed it, Please like the show and share it with someone who needs it. Bye now.